Welcome back, guys. It's Mountain Meditations. Uh, I forgot what episode this is. Is this episode six? I think it's episode six. Yeah, yeah, episode six. Yeah, um, season two. Um, so we we've got a lot to cover today. So we got a lot of hate we on do. our uh, Andrew Yang video that we did recently. So, one of us, um, one of us in particular, got a certain <laughs> kind of hate. I I thought it'd be a good time to sort of address this from a more uh, factual standpoint. Yeah, so, yeah. We're, so we're, we're going to address this from a factual standpoint. Yep. No, I am not shaving my eyebrows. <laughs> so we we have to... So I've noticed that the internet is like 100% in favor of Andrew Yang. Yep. And so I think that's very interesting. And I think because conservative voices, even like um, Ben Shapiro, you know, more of the centrist like Joe Rogan... Um, you know, even Tucker Carlson, who's one of my favorite voices in politics, has um, had Andrew Yang on his show and has like praised him for his brilliant ideas and things like that. And it's the first time I think I've ever disagreed with Tucker Carlson. Um, so, which is insane. So, I think this has been definitely like pushed by a powerful internet marketing uh, campaign. This is just my theory. But I think this was a, in reaction to people thinking that the reason Trump won is because of the internet. So I think that's why people who are more tech savvy are moving towards this sort of marketing. And so also, as Tristan has stated, people just want free money. But yeah, um, I know I, I do. <laughs> I know that um, also I, I believe that whether Yang knows it or not, he is here to split up the Republican Party so that they will become yeah. weaker, which is not that hard to do. Because when you no, when you look not. at the right, there are probably like 14 different groups, and <laughs> it gets very hectic in there, and everyone kind of hates each other for some reason. So um, let's uh, – I, I haven't seen a lot in favor – of people in favor of him who are actual liberals, like the modern liberal – um, I see mostly like the the fake liberals, the the conservative liberals, the ones like Tim Pool, Dave Rubin, people like that who who sort of you know they've gotten called out for sort of pretending to be uh, liberals, but having mostly conservative ideas. So sort of like a classic liberal, like the ones from the past. So I, I when everyone's in love with someone, you start to wonder what's going on. So I think so, and the highest criticism that we received from the last video, aside from Tristan's eyebrows, uh, was due to my statement comparing UBI to socialism, which I do admit that I had overstated. Understand did that you there really, are, though? Well, there are big differences, and I, I did, and a lot of people pointed out to me, even though I had done research on UBI beforehand, obviously, but um, I had said that I had made the comment about the rich getting richer, which is something that he had talked about. Uh, it, which is his reason that the uh, value-added taxes uh, would be implemented, which I actually do like better than an income tax, and I think most people should, because instead of upfront taking your money before you even get it, it's more <laughs> consensual. So it's like you have to pay for things in order for that to happen. But exactly. he never said that he was abandoning the income tax, which he obviously is not going to because... Uh, he himself admitted that the VATs are not going to be covering the entire $3 trillion that this $1,000 a month um, idea is going to take. Exactly. So 
Um, so yeah, I, I did overstate that. Um, and yeah, so, so I, in, I can admit in, that. In reference to what you said about Andrew Yang not appealing to the more core of the Democratic Party, I think there's a, a couple yeah. things that go into that there. Yeah, I don't think Andrew Yang is dumb. I actually he's he's Mm-mm, a he's no. a thinker, which is bad if you're a Democrat. <laughs> if I if as far as I can tell, you need like an Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, somebody who just says stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have thinkers. You have burnout panders and Hillary Clinton. Um, <laughs> burnout and he's he's not high enough on like the intersectionality hierarchy. Like that's you know, true. K- Kamala Harris is a black woman. Right. I've been told. Yeah, yeah. And that's you can't get much higher than that. That's that's if she top was, tier. Yeah, if she if she had a wife, she would have the Democratic <laughs> nomination already. But Andrew Yang was actually successful in life. He doesn't hate capitalism. He's fairly competent. He actually created jobs. And mm-hmm. that's as far as I can tell, that's what the Democrat Party just hates. Because mm-hmm. as far as what I what I've seen is that the UBI is just the newest version of mainstream Democrat economics platforms. Started with LBJ, with the Better Cities Bureau. If you don't know anything about that, basically LBJ went through and hollowed out the economy of every single major industrial city in the United States through a variety of things. Uh, One of the big ones was welfare. Uh, It was a very direct and concerted racist attack from the federal government onto black families. They would go to black homes and they would talk to the black mother. They would say, uh, we would like to talk to you about your potential welfare benefits. Granted that there isn't a man in the household. And when that mm-hmm. happened, you had black families having the about about the same level of single motherhood as white families and every other race to black families having like 70%, 70% yeah. of black kids having single mother households. And that's mm-hmm. having a single mother household is one of the biggest, um, biggest predictors, biggest, most accurate predictors of economic instability. I say this, mm-hmm. I was raised in a single uh, mother household, unfortunately. It's not something that you want to happen. And right. then that was just the government trying to give away other people's money through the use of the state-sponsored monopoly on violence. The second phase of that was uh, increasing the minimum wage. So the Democrats decided everybody will spend more money if we give them more money for when they work. And now we have Generation 3, or they just say, why do we even work for the money? Why not just give it to you? <laughs> What's well, cut out the middleman? Just government gives you money. Where does that money come from? The mm-hmm. rich. Who are the well, rich? Well, the that's people the, I don't like. Well, well, that's the difference here, I think, is that what people are arguing is that, yes, while it comes from the rich and it's going to be harder for the rich to avoid things, is that Basically, this is coming from people buying things. So, like the with the whole VAT thing. But what I was gonna say is like, while I see your point there, is that I, I think the the most important part about this is that UBI is probably never going to actually exist in our government. And so the reason why is that you have you can't go half UBI and you can't go half no, Yang. You can't. Half Yang is more dangerous than full Yang because if we go full Yang, then it probably might actually work. I, I'm going to admit that because I did my research. I was looking through. I was thinking, All right, slow down. No, no, Relax. no, wait. Because I was thinking, you know what? Okay, this actually because it was an idea, um, you know, come up with by a lot of different economists, and it's been done. It's been thought about for a while now, but 
the reason it can't work is because we're never going to totally, and it's sort of Andrew Yang's Trojan horse into getting rid of the welfare state because he knows that welfare is not working. So he's doing this sort of $1,000 a month thing so that everyone essentially gets the same amount of money and it's non it's non-discriminatory, which I think most people like about it, but it's also that if you can you can opt to keep the amount of money that you're getting. So essentially this is like what you're going to be getting is you're going to be getting Andrew Yang coming in. He can't just executive order this UBI into existence. He's going to have to pass this. He's going to have to blow it by Congress. And that's not going to work at all because they don't agree to anything. And it's only going to be moderate variations of his policies, which is going to make things highly worse. Um, So it's been the point. The whole point of Andrew Yang's UBI is to replace um, what people call a failing system. Um, so With we're looking at like system. the three trillion dollars. Um, so the people who are already on welfare will will opt in for what they already have if it's more than a thousand dollars. And I saw some arguments for people saying, um, "Well, that's you know what what they would probably choose is the one thousand dollars because it would be uh, non taxable." And it's like, well, you know, what would be crazy. <laughs> What if we didn't have taxes, especially on the the people of lower income who are considered under the poverty line? That's another thing is this is supposed to be helping the people who are underneath the poverty line because this is – he he presents it as his response to automation. We all know – you know, you guys should go watch our last podcast about this. So Tristan and I disagree a little bit about where things should go with um, automation, but – you know, it, go go watch the podcast. It's pretty good. But yeah, so on. that's how we start talking about this is that this is his plan to deal with that. And so it's weird and it's very contradictory. So if you try to imagine a world where total UBI is implemented um, and and most of our spending go to, goes towards that $1,000 a month and then now just forget about it because that's never going to exist and it's going to be some weird combination of socialist policies and UBI or even right-wing policies with UBI, which would be really weird and would not work at all. So I, what I'm saying here is I will acknowledge that I think UBI is not an awful thing, <laughs> but I don't think that it'll ever occur in the United States government. And if it does, it will occur in you know, coinciding with other things that will ruin it. So I don't think it can work unless it's by itself. And even then I'm still iffy about it. And we'll, we'll go into that because this is going to be a long episode. We're going to just keep, keep going at it. Yeah. 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 So he's throwing all these threats at us. He's, he's trying to scare us. He's like, Oh, automation, everyone's going to lose their jobs, blah, 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 blah. So what, one of his claims I've noticed is the, the 30% of malls will be gone in the, uh, an incredibly short time. Good. So the crazy thing is <laughs> the crazy thing is, is that in a free market, you know, uh, this is what Tristan has talked about in probably every single episode ever, um, life uh, finds a way. We all know that. So most stores are actually, we find, have been replaced with more stores. And so, and if they're not, then it's Hotels. replaced office space, residential housing. Yes, exactly. That's what I was getting to next. Places to live. So when we consider, for example, I I found one example, uh, 52-acre Landmark Mall. 
So it's been around since like 1962 or something ridiculous. Um, so the Howard Hughes company is planning to tear it down and make another development there. So what, let's think about this, okay? Remember, we're all going to lose our jobs due to automation. Right. Um, what do we need to tear down this giant mall and build new residential areas? Tristan, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't it be high school educated men that we're going to need to do that? Like, how does that work? I mean, you're just going to need construction workers and demolition people. The demolition people, you're going to have to have a little higher trained. But the construction yeah. workers, I mean, I work construction and I was retarded. So <laughs> they don't even need to be high school educated. If they can nail a hammer right? or they can hammer a nail and they can turn a screwdriver and saw a log, put something in place or just hold tools, yeah. it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I know I probably sound like a broken record. Andrew Yang is talking about Keynesian economics, which is fine. That's something that you can actually talk about, even if even though you're wrong. So Andrew Yang and I, we both talk about this sort of thing, about economic theories that are in place for a long time. Andrew mm-hmm. Yang talks about Keynesian economics. I talk about creative destruction. Mm-hmm. The difference is my ancient theory in economics works. Creative destruction always happens. Businesses and uh, labor sectors, they always go out with it with technology. Not with mm-hmm. technology. Sometimes people just don't want them anymore. And new things always pop in to replace them. There aren't roving bands right. of knocker-uppers and travel agents hungry, starving to death in the streets. Mm-hmm. People are able to get new jobs and new industries are able to pop up. Yeah, it's And as far as automation goes, automation has been here. We can put a rover on Mars. You don't think we can... Get somebody to figure out your shitty little retail job? Come on. You don't think that's Thank on the you, table? Tristan. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I, I deliver Chinese food. They have self-driving cars now. The only difference that, the only thing that really kept me delivering Chinese food was that I was willing to work for cheaper than what it costs to build a self-driving car, pilot it, operate mm-hmm. it, punch in coordinates, you know, and do all that stuff. Automation's already here. Humans are just cheaper. It's mm-hmm. uh, people fear monger about automation a lot, but mostly it's just fear mongering. People have been saying that automation is going to take out jobs. And we need to implement UBI since literally the industrial revolution. Once the factory, the very first factories started popping up in the U.S., when textiles started popping popping up in the U.S., people were saying that automation was going to take all our jobs. It never happened before, and this mm-hmm. time, this time we're in now. It's nothing special. It's not going to happen now. It didn't happen yeah. before. If there was yeah. ever, at some point, if we were in the Star Trek world, and we had the matter replicator, and we could just make anything we want, then yeah, UBI could work. Communism could work. Capitalism could still work. At that point, scarcity is no longer an issue. A- any economic system would work. We wouldn't even need an economic system. Just replicate stuff. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Well... So, uh, you know, and another thing I got criticized for in our last video was that uh, I said that people would be paid to exist. Um, and I still stand by that That's because it, it actually makes sense. So, you know, and we've talked about this like a whole service economy, the whole idea of this. So, you know, offering trade, you do this for me, I'll do this for you. You know, it's, it's obviously a lot more complicated than yeah, that. Cons- but that's basically, consensual transactions. Right. And that's basically consent what we're going off of. Consent is important, by the way. And UBI doesn't follow consent. No, it, it actually defeats the idea of this. So it gives money, it rewards the people who haven't 
done a service. And and so the argument here is I understand this is that they are no longer able to provide this service. And in that case, I would understand that. But so uh, what he says on his website is actually quite interesting. He says, um, so, you know, he goes through the whole three to 3.5 to 4 million Americans are going to lose their truck driving jobs and all this stuff. But then he says, in the same breath, literally on his website, because I went through his whole website. So basically, he says that um, the $1,000 a month, because we all know that $1,000 a month is not enough to live off of. Um, that's like for for Amanda and I's rent, um, that barely pays it. Just the rent alone. That's not even, and that's in North Carolina, which is pretty good living conditions and um, prices. Yeah, so, it's not California. Right. So that, and that's not counting things like, like gas, you know, clothes, furniture, water, you know, and all of these, those things will also be more expensive due to the value added tax, uh, just so everyone knows that. Um, so when, when you're arguing like, Hey, these people are all going to lose their jobs and things are going to be awful for these people. And then also in the same breath, he, he literally says, Oh, these people, let's see, people will still need to get out there and work. That's what he says in quotes. How? So you just told us that everyone's not going to be able to work, and then you give us $1,000 to make up for that, and it's like, well, $1,000 isn't enough. Uh, well, you, you get out there and work. Duh, just pull yourself up yeah. by your bootstraps. Well, Idiot. You, you've just, created, just get a job. You've created the the problem in this, in this fake reality of yours, and then suddenly it's just like it's no longer a problem. You should just go out there and work. And Automation so, is going to kill all jobs, so you better find one <laughs> yeah, because exactly. what I'm giving you isn't enough. <laughs> yeah, so uh, accounting for all these things, $1,000 is not nearly enough for anyone. And so uh, he he also lists like community. He says that, that the, this $1,000 will give people more time to go out and help their community. So what I, I think it's kind of strange because it's like, okay, this barely pays for rent alone. So also, in addition to that, you're going out to the local lemonade stand and you're buying lemonade for the little kids that made it in your neighborhood. And then in that same breath, he also talks about how unemployment increases alcohol abuse, listlessness, um, video game use, which he also lists as a bad thing. We're going to get to that, too, because that's really fun. Uh, Drug use and less time spent. This is what he says happens because of unemployment. Less time spent helping the community. Which is weird. Oh. So he contradicts himself at like every turn, basically. UBI is supposed to solve the problem at the bottom, but all it does is basically redistribute wealth in, through the entire spectrum. It's not even helping the people at the bottom. It's just like it's going to be me and Tristan and Ben Shapiro getting an extra thousand dollars a month, <laughs> and the people at the bottom are going to be like, "Well, we don't have any jobs. Uh, here's a thousand dollars. Okay, that." I guess that helps a little bit, but I'm still going to starve. So and yeah. this is what we get to is that throwing money at an issue, he literally lists throwing money at an issue as the way to solve the issue. So we pretend that this is going to... That's pretty bring, ironic. Yeah. That's, we, that's pretty funny. <laughs> we pretend it's going to like, it's going to bring people in poverty out of the hole. Um, but let's pretend it does. So let's just pretend for a second, which it doesn't, but that throwing money is going to be a good thing. So... Oh, it's coming up on twenty minutes. I'm going to have to change here. You okay. you feel interesting for a so, second. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run through some basic economics. So 
Well, Chris was talking about how $1,000 wouldn't really be enough to survive on if you're just by yourself. That's true in our current world. And it's even more true. It's even less likely to, you're even, it's even harder to survive on. Pretty much impossible if UBI actually gets implemented because this is what's going to happen. Inflation. Inflation is going to happen. Yeah, you're getting more money, but it's worth less. The actual number in your bank account is only relevant to your dollar's purchasing power. For example, a Venezuelan Bolivar, like, I think uh, a single US dollar is worth over 4,000 Venezuelan Bolivars. At one point, World of Warcraft gold, which is money that is spawned by infinitely respawning enemies, was worth more than Venezuelan Bolivars. And Venezuela had very economically left controlling and authoritarian policies. But they took a lot from the rich and they sprinkled on the poor and their little trickle-down economic policies and expected everything to work out. Because he's right. People are going to use that money to buy stuff. So the demand is going to get higher. And the supply is going to go down because they have the means to which procure it. So demand is going to raise and supply is going to decrease. So price is going to increase in order to make it a difference. And then your money's just going to be worth less. Yeah, you're getting a thousand extra dollars, but everything's 20% more expensive. Now, every time you go to buy something to get in your car, it's gas is 20% more expensive. Gas is now $4 a gallon instead of here's, two, here's instead of two fifty. Here's a weird thing I discovered and going along with what you're saying. He actually talks about this on his website. Not only that, but he contradicts okay. himself again. So I actually, he, he does it again. So yeah. So, um, he incorrectly states that inflation is only caused by changes in the amount of money in the economy. So he's like, oh. basically, yeah. So what he says is he's like, don't worry. Inflation won't happen because we're not increasing the amount of money in the economy. And, right, right. And, and UBI doesn't do that. So we're all good. But, the, but then immediately after, he's like, well, you know, inflation will occur. But yeah. it'll all even out because now everyone has a more disposable income, so now we can pay more for things. And then demand's going to increase, supply's right. going to decrease, and price will raise to compensate. Yeah. And if there's one thing the government never does, it's print more money. Because it's, it's not like we took our money off the gold standard. It's not like there's nothing back in U.S. currency. It's not like we're just infinitely <laughs> printing stuff based off the bullshit modern monetary theory. No, 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 no. It's, it's chill, guys. Don't worry about it. You'll just get more money and everything will stay the exact same price and we're all going to be booling. Now, yeah, it'll all be I'm gonna sick, get, dude. Yeah, now I'm going to get three forties instead of two. And I'm going to come out the other side. If he raises Miller High Life over 250... <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed. We will riot. Colt 45. I will like riot. I will evade taxes just for the means. <laughs> so, Oh, so going back to what I was going to say before, um, now that we covered the inflation thing, because I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I was supposed now, to bring now that I'm up heated. before. I'm thinking about a $4 Miller highlight for you, and I'm just <laughs> I'm furious. We need to move on. So, um, let's, so we were talking about like throwing money at people. You know, just like throwing money at the problem. He, like I've said, this proponents of UBI have, I've literally watched them say, okay, what we need to do is just give people more money and things will be better. Well, it doesn't really work that way because it's, you know, barring disabilities and other inconveniences, um, a lot of people are poor for a reason. And, you know, I say that it's a very rough, it's like an, an unfortunate thing to say. I hate they to say it. They make bad decisions. It, it is true. So if like, for example, I was looking this up, um, cigarettes. 
cigarettes cost about, uh, I think the average that I looked up, it was like five fifty one a pack, which is Holy intense. Holy crap. So an overwhelming majority of cigarette smokers are of low education and below the poverty line. It's over half. It's well over half. So, and even so much that cigarette ads are literally catered towards low-income communities and individuals. Like so, market. yeah. So, several studies um, have reported that alcohol abuse and dependence, as well as other um, risk behaviors, cluster in poverty and residential instability and social isolation. So. When, when you take all of these things and put it together, you know, and, and so those are both wastes of money that hurt people, you know, alcohol, cigarettes. It Yeah, it's fun, but it's like if you're really saying, hey, I don't have enough money to live and yet you probably smoke a pack a day, you're spending $5 a day. I don't even spend $5 a day. I try not to spend $5 a day on like a meal because – yeah. It's, it's like that adds up because already that is literally what? What would that add up to be? It'd be like – $150 basically yeah. a month. And then. Well, five times seven is 35. 30, four, uh, so $35 a week if we're going by $5. Four, four weeks in a month, 35 times four, that's what? $140? We just do five times 30. Because $5 a day, five times 30, you know, 30 days in a month. Yeah. And so a basically 150 So 150 a month, that's already. More than a tenth of basic income. So, and that's going to be in the people in poverty. So they. And that's you know, not the, even uh, accounting for inflation. You really right. think cigarette prices, you really yeah. think that the people in tobacco companies, they're literally targeting people who are at lower income. You don't think they're scummy enough to raise their prices up now that everybody has a little more cheddar on the side? Come yeah. on, dog. And so we all know, and this about lottery winners as well. So 70% of lottery winners will go bankrupt within a very yeah. short time of receiving their winnings. And then I actually looked it up. So 78% of NFL players are either bankrupt. 78%, oh, let me say that again, are either bankrupt or under financial stress within two years of retirement. So, and an estimated it was 60% of NBA players go bankrupt within five years after leaving. Um, so the average NBA yearly salary is $6.2 million. Uh, and that was in 2016. So that was a, a Forbes article I was reading. Um, so according to all these statistics, basically, if you give hundreds of people $6 million, 60, 60% of them will blow it away in five years. Um, I, I actually just looked something up because I remembered this. Uh -huh. Allen Iverson, the NBA player, between his deal with the team that he was playing for and his deal with, uh, I believe it was Reebok, he earned over $200 million from those two, de from those two deals. That's and insane. he went bankrupt almost immediately. Not oh because gosh. he wasn't making enough money, but right. just because no one had the good decency and the grace to teach him, hey, here's how you should work with money. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no Invest. good education Save. going into teaching kids finances. Yeah. So Alan Iverson, who's focused on basketball because that's his job, doesn't know anything about finances. Yeah. And now you give this guy $200 million? Yeah, it's gonna yeah. buy stuff. And it's, Wouldn't you? It, it's always the like it's the rags to riches story, and then back to rags because we. And I looked this up as well. Uh, 2013 study, National College Players Association. Um, 86 percent of college athletes um, lived below the poverty line. 
So yeah. they become college athletes. They've lived, they've been poor all their lives, and they've never learned how to deal with money. And so once they get, once they go from rags to riches, they don't know how to handle the riches essentially. And so exactly. that doesn't mean they're less deserving of that money. So you know, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that you know, Yang's website literally states. Um, UBI will end poverty in the most direct manner possible by giving people money. And we look at the facts, throwing money at people is not the answer. It, it didn't work for the Department of Public Education. It hasn't worked for the military. It hasn't mm -hmm. worked for welfare. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. It's not going to work now just because it's universal. Yep. It's not going to say, all right, this time we're going to really throw the bag at them. Mm -hmm. This time, we're going to really <laughs> throw money at the... Pro we were just fucking around before, but now we're really doing it. Let's do it. Like cracking their knuckles. They're bringing out the bags of money. They're like, here we go. Ba bags of other people's money that they took via the government monopoly on violence. We were, we were just fucking around extorting people for money before. Now, we're pulling out... We're really putting the gun to your head and saying, all right, these other people need money. You yep. better start coughing up. Okay. Another thing, uh, when you start when you start this, you will not be able to stop it. Okay, we learned this with welfare. No. All right, once you start this, you're forcing reliance on the government. That's literally what you're doing. So I'm exactly. actually surprised that a lot of conservatives are acting like they're okay with this. I'm surprised that Ben Shapiro was on his show, being like, "Oh yeah, that sounds great. That's amazing," because it's like we. We decide, okay, maybe we decide on $1,000. Uh, maybe it actually works. Okay, cool. So now, four years later, you know, who's in office? You know, yeah. what happens now? Andrew Yang is not going to be president for the next 80 years. Maybe it's Catherine. Maybe Catherine was a chef, okay? So maybe maybe she's really into, uh, she thinks public schools should have better food. And so she's thinking, well, where am I going to get this money for? Oh, okay. We we spend all this money on on these people and they're not spending it well. So let's let's duck it down to nine hundred dollars, you know, instead of a thousand dollars, you know. Or maybe the next guy thinks that UBI shouldn't even exist anymore, and he's just like, oh, well, screw that, we'll take that away. Well, now you've created these these people that rely on their one thousand dollars a month from the government, exactly. that they're they're neat bucks that they can use for their tendies, and so they can sit around and watch hentai. But don't don't bring just, the tendies into this. I'm you sorry. leave them out of this, Chris. You leave my tendies and my forties out of this. <laughs> I, you can you can say whatever you want about my eyebrows, but if you if you start talking shit on Miller High Life, I will be so passive aggressive I'm to sorry. you. Tristan, calm down. It's just I'm, what my point is. It's too volatile. So you know, payments and wages change so quickly in businesses because of inflation and because of yeah. workers. So why would the government be able to uphold? a thousand dollars for years and years and when does it change and who decides how it changes he 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 says that we need a constitutional amendment to change the price but it's going to be it's going to be changing a lot more than that because the world changes very quickly so and also it this right. hasn't been done on a massive scale yet you know people talk about alaska actually stephen crowder just came out they actually talked about this on ladder with crowder just like yesterday and i i skimmed through I've the video yeah, <laughs> I skimmed through the video today just to like see if they were saying the same things that we were going to say because I didn't want it to look like we were copying. Thankfully, we're, we're a little bit different. So, um, But one thing they did bring up is that everyone talks about Alaska. They're like, Alaska is the <laughs> – this is the pinnacle. So what, what we see there is that, well, of course, the population is absolutely tiny. And, and, and it's coming these, from oil money as well. 
also, they actually didn't do $1,000 a month. It was like, it was something incredibly small. It was like $200 to $3,000 a year. Like it was, it wasn't even a significant amount of money. So, you know, and, and you talk about, um, Europe, you know, some countries have a sort of variation of UBI occurring in Europe, but we go through the entirety of Europe and, uh, you know, the GDP is just, (laughs) it's just going down, you know, It's, it's, it's lower than most states. Yeah. And, and also you have to remember that these countries do not have to pay for uh, military defense because guess who does that? These, these cool guys across the ocean, you know? Honestly, like the United States is the only adult nation in a room full of children. They're just taking care of making sure that they... Yeah. Every other country just except for like Russia and China lives on in our basement. And Russia and China is like that creepy neighbor that always comes around saying, hey, where are them kids at? And always scratching... You know they're awesome. They're always scratching their neck like Tyrone Bigham from the Chappelle show. Every other nation, they don't pay for defense spending. Uh, We... In fact, the United States, everybody talks about universal health care. They can only have that mm. because the United States subsidizes their healthcare prices. The mm. drug drug companies patent and charge United States uh, buyers more so they can make up for the money that they lose overseas. Of yeah. course you have all these nice things. You're welcome. Right. They, yeah. You're welcome. Rest the world. Well, uh, I, also, I, oh, God, going I off Canada. of that, we could talk. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, going off of that, we could also talk about his other policies. So we've been through, we've been through UBI. We've decided, you know, it it would there, be not there's amazing, actually like but it one more. There's one more thing that I'd like to oh, okay. talk in a, an article that I read. Right. So this is an article in the New Guards. Okay. It's uh, titled "Universal Basic Income is a Horrible Idea." Good start. <laughs> so he okay. talks about someone named Charles Murray, who's a conservative, allegedly, right. uh, and Charles Moore, Murray wants to make uh, he wants UBI and he wants to allot thirteen thousand dollars annually. To every adult over the age of 21, with $3,000 of that amount going towards mandatory medical funding, leaving $10,000 worth of discri- leaving $10,000 of disposable income per adult over 21. But under our current system, Medicare alone costs $11,000 per recipient, and Social Security mm-hmm. amounts to $16,000 per recipient. Yeah. With less than half of that total in UBI, you can either eliminate these programs and see drastic reductions in quality and slash or availability of care, or you'll have to pile UBI on top of these already unsustainable programs. Keep in mind that Social Security is headed for insolvency, and even the most generous estimates, if you took 100% of the wealth from the top 1%, that's not just their income, that's everything they own in stocks, bonds, liquid Mm -hmm. assets, real estate, anything you can find from them. And you manage to transfer that, in a one-to-one ratio, and U.S. dollars, you could only fund Medicare, just Medicare as it currently stands, for three years and nine months. Whoa. As Thomas, as Thomas Sowell, oh, uh, my go. personal idol, along with Ben Carson, uh, as Thomas Sowell points out, he talks about Milton Freeman, who's actually a very smart uh, economist who is in support of UBI, proving mm. that even the smartest people can be wrong sometimes. Mm. Milton Friedman's plan for negative income tax to help the poor has already been put into practice, but contrary to his intention to have this replace the welfare state bureaucracy, it has been simply tacked onto all the many other government programs instead of replacing them. That was written by Richie Angel, August 18th, 2018. Thanks for that. Uh, 
really good stuff. <laughs> I like this article. Yeah. And we were talking about once you put government programs in place, it's almost impossible to get rid of them. And mm-hmm. if you, yeah. the idea that UBI is going to get rid of the welfare state, it's, it's an idea rooted in theory, but not in practice. We right. talked about theory and practice a lot the last podcast. Yeah. And I think that's what Andrew Yang is kind of going on. Mm-hmm. How, you know, how I do this. And it's like, well, in theory, in the free right. market, everybody works and yeah. we all get paid to what we work and everybody yeah. has more than one method of doing it. And, and everything just works out because the free market's beautiful, perfect little baby of consent and pragmatism. doesn't mm-hmm. always work out like that. And Andrew right. Yang's doing the same thing. Yeah. In theory, everybody gets $1,000. Inflation is kept to a minimum because we don't print right. any more money, which yeah. won't happen. And it gets rid of the welfare state, which won't happen. It's it's. I don't think Andrew Yang is a dumb guy. I know I've probably mm-hmm. made fun of him maybe maybe a little too much. I don't think he's a dumb guy, no, which is no, probably no. why he's not doing so hot with the Democrats. Yeah. The dumb thing is uh, – dumb people are kind of a thing. <laughs> um, and, he, you know, I think he's taking this more in theory rather than practicality. Yeah. And it seems like, like what I said before, it's like, it's something I think it would be cool to try. I'd like to, I'd like to see it done on a larger scale. I'd like to see it done bigger, basically before we try it. Because like I said before, you can't just transition into UBI. It's just going to make everything worse. Like you need, you need to do UBI the way it was intended. You can't just go, oh, what if we just give everyone, you know, a little bit of money? It doesn't really work that way. And, and the $1,000 has actually been decided by Yang as like probably one of the, you know, it, it was it was decided as the sort of like the mid place where he was like, okay, $1,000 yeah. would probably work the best because of this, this, and this. And like Tristan said, he's not a dumb guy. So we're not, we're not calling no. him stupid. We're just saying like we, what we said in the video before, um, we just really don't think that that would work out. I don't think it's going to work you, out in the United States. You can try it in smaller places and you know, it has been doing okay, but, um, just not, if you, not if you place. actually listen to Andrew Yang, he's got, he's got, he's got some stuff going on up here because he was talking, I read through his Wikipedia. He started some foundation. It's like progress for America or something. He mm-hmm. went to different cities and different areas with like uh, high income inequality, high poverty rates, Detroit, Chicago, stuff, place like there. And he made like an average of 15,000 additional jobs as a private foundation. And that's mm-hmm. really huge. And what yeah. he said was that like for every for every job that he made, like uh, a dozen more were lost. And he's not wrong mm-hmm. there. You know, some jobs are going down. I, he's just looking at the economy in a theoretical, non-pragmatic forum. And he's creating these ideas based off problems that are real. I think I think some uh, Ben Shapiro actually said this about Donald Trump. As much as I disagree with Ben Shapiro about a lot of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. he said, Donald Trump is a good diagnostician and a terrible at making a solution. Uh, you know, Donald Trump thinks illegal immigration is a problem. That's true. That's right. Human trafficking is bad. It hurts the economy. Let's yeah. build a wall and not tackle visa overstays. Well... Okay, maybe tackle the visa overstays and we could work on border security. It's like, no, no, no. Build the wall. Yeah. Didn't get yeah. built, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, another thing I, I was going to bring up, because we need to go into his other policies now, because people were talking about, oh, you know, Yang is such a smart guy. You know, he's he's really got the best intentions, which I've never believed about when it comes to politicians at all. I don't think any politician has <laughs> our our interests at heart. That's but good, what Chris, I will I'm say, proud of you. Since you were since you were talking about immigration, we could go ahead and talk about his policies because 
Um, he he called. Um, it was just very weak. Like for immigration specifically, he has a lot of messed up policies for everything. But immigration, it was sort of it was sort of just like, you know, ah, oh, yeah, this is a problem that we need to address. But he also talked. He said deportation is inhumane and basically a, a terrible thing to do. And then talked about how also, um, it, you know, immigration is a problem. So I, I think, you know, in a lot of these uh, cases, we have him going like when you mentioned uh, Medicare, you know, Medi- his Medicare for all is what every single um, Democratic candidate is running off of right now, I think. Yeah. Maybe not Joe Biden. I'm not sure. But pretty much everyone is is advocating for this. And we can go into a whole episode about this. But he, he was very vague on this one as well. He was he was kind of saying, well, this study said this and this another study said this. And that was actually the way he said it. Like he did not actually list the studies. He would go, this study said this. He would say, and one study says. And then he wouldn't actually cite his sources. So he would and, – and actually a lot of what he said was false because – he was listing, you know, what they always go to is the mortality rates when they're talking about how awful the United States is and how, how terrible oh. things are. They, they list the mortality rates uh, being the highest, um, you know, in the United States amongst all That's the countries. And it's not true because, you know, we've talked – multiple people have talked about this and debunked this as well. It's like because we have a different way of um, counting the deaths under um, – like the age of five, like the infant births. Yeah. For example, let's see. I, I found one. It was like under if if the child is like under Can a pound and is born and dies, then in most in other countries that's counted as a stillbirth. But in the United States, we count that as a baby that was born and then died. You know, the, exactly. the way it should yeah. be. So it's like that. That's gonna launch our um, our numbers up immediately. So when when you keep you, you can't compare like apples and apples here. So we're going to get skewed results there. And then, um, you know, you can be waiting in the UK. You could be waiting over a year to get an MRI. You know, in the United States, you wait maybe two weeks. You know, yeah. it's like it's hard to compare these things because when you start talking about, you know, quality versus, you know, free stuff and you're like, well, everyone deserves free stuff. Well, you know, because especially when it comes to like um, well, breast cancer. Free- Free, I would say, is uh, not the politically correct term. I prefer to use non-consensually extorted well, stuff. Yes, yes. Things that we all pay for but we say are free, like the whole college thing. Yeah. Um, you, you, so They're not free. The government right. is just using violence for other people to pay for it. Remember. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Remember. The, the likelihood of dying from... policies are violence. The likelihood of dying from breast cancer and prostate cancer doubles in the UK yep. compared to the US. And you have a lot of different things like that. So it's like, stop stop railroading the U.S. and saying that we have such an awful problem here when it's like, maybe we should be talking to other countries. And, and you want to adopt these, uh, these like, programs? You want us to have Medicare for all when it's going to, you know, raise our breast cancer rate? And, like, the, the quality of um, the United States uh, healthcare in general will decline if we start making it quote unquote free. And that's just a fact. Um, another one. So this is where it gets really scary. Okay. First we'll talk about guns because Tristan's very passionate about this and I want to hear what he says about this. So let's start with the tweet, the infamous tweet by Andrew Yang quote, I'd start fining gun manufacturers 
$1 million for each person killed by their weapons. That would get more companies focused on how to keep guns out of the hands of those who would do others harm. Okay. So Here we go. That, there's a lot to unpack in that tweet. There sure other, is. Other than the violent dictator wannabe rhetoric, there's a lot to unpack in that tweet. And I, have a, I actually have a deal for Andrew Yang and all, all of his Yang gang folk. How about this? That's fine. You can fine gun ma- manufacturers $1 million for every gun death that happens. But you also have to gift them $1 million for every life saved by guns. I was going to say that. Center, according to the Center for Disease Control, there are bare minimum 300,000 defensive gun uses per year in the United States versus about 40,000 gun deaths, two-thirds of which are suicide. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. For every gun death, even the yeah. ones that are suicide, that have nothing to do with the guns themselves, even the ones that are suicide, that are already even gun violence, that are accidents, find a million dollars, but give them a million for every single life that they save. And let's take this even a step further. How about for every single person in Congress, including the president, president, all the senators, all the congressmen, let's start finding that. How about from now on, for every single civilian that is hurt by unlawful, unconstitutional governmental activity, every single congressperson is fined $1 million out of their pocket. Mm. For every single civilian that's killed overseas, every single congressman and senator is fined $1 million out of their pocket. You want, like you want to start p- finding private companies for the shit that they yeah. might maybe a little bit be implicated in? Fine. Let's start, uh, fu- let's start fighting the state for the stuff that they actually do. Gun manufacturers mm-hmm. make guns. And sometimes bad people who have nothing to do with them use those guns for untoward purposes. And yeah. that's not the gun manufacturer's fault. But a lot of times, the state, through things like the war on drugs and the war on terror... They, they hurt and kill and spy on innocent civilians. And mm-hmm. they're actually implicated in that. You want to talk yeah. about the gun manufacturers? Let's talk about the state. Let's talk about your monopoly on violence. You want to talk about gun control? Fine. Let's talk about gun control. The most deadly mass shooting in U.S. history was the massacre at Wounded Knee. It was when U.S. Army soldiers were ordered federally to imprison Native Americans. And when a fight broke out, over 200 were killed, and even more were injured. Gun control and the government, they don't stop mass shootings. They mm-hmm. cause them. 93% of all mass shootings happen in gun-free zones. Guess what makes gun-free zones, Andrew Yang? It's the government. You want to, you want to, you know what? Why don't we talk to the state? Why don't we talk to them about all the mass shootings they're implicated in? For every single victim that is in a mass shooting or any kind of shooting in a gun-free zone, find every single senator, congressman, president, cabinet member, I don't give a fuck, ATF member, find every single one of them a million dollars. Because you know what? As far as I'm concerned, that's your fault. If private gun manufacturers, if people using the things that they sell for untowards purposes, even though those guns are most often stolen, if they're implicated for that, so are you now. Let's do that. Let's you have know, it both ways. Equality under the law. You want to start was, finding people? Let's start finding people. Let's raise some money. I also think it's strange that for a man who preaches about how he loves automation and technological advancements, he's doing something that is sure, 100% a sure way to stifle technological advancements and advancements in any in any way because you're you're punishing like you said, the manufacturer, it's like if if I actually saw this in a reply to his tweet, uh, another uh, tweet that said this, it was like, 
if are you going to start um, finding Ford and Chevy when people misuse cars? You know, it's just it's yeah. not a realistic thing at all. But let's talk about his actual policies because he actually proposes heavy, heavy restrictions. So he he wants like, and it started like immediately. Like it wasn't like he just went. Oh hey, you know, for handguns and rifles, everything is okay. But once we get to the, you know, the the big boys, the automatics and scary things like that, then that's when it it gets rough. He actually started off the bat by saying that, let's see, what did he say? Um, every single person, so would have who owns a handgun or rifle would have to take a class. They would have to pass a test, take you know a whole course on it. Uh, they would have to provide a receipt to make sure that they have an appropriate gun locker as well. So, and it went, it went even, it got, as you went down the list, it got more restrictive and more restrictive, restrictive. It's like, it's, it's like Ford's, you know, with the, going back to the cars, it's like, you know, them saying, well, do you have a garage to put your, <laughs> to put your car in? Like it, it's such a strange thing to, to increase these, uh, limitations and, and, for someone who's already throwing a ton of money at different things, he's talking about a uh, a one billion dollar where a one billion dollar local journalism fund, uh, in which he would give a billion dollars to increase the uh, power of local journalism, and uh, you know, like like your local news station, basically. And that's so what we call a bribe. Yeah, and he's that, that's just a bribe. He's just bribing journalists to say good things about. It. That's a bribe. Good yeah, job. And, you figured out bribing. It, but, the Italian mafia figured this out already, Andrew. <laughs> You're a little behind here, bud. And so th- that's another thing. It's like you you keep throwing money. You talk about also about free marriage counseling for everyone. That's another thing that he uh, goes for, which I get the point of. It's like because like Tristan said before. Um, single mothers, single fathers, it's not good. You need two, you need a mother and a father in order to have a great family and have a good kid, you know? A good family unit is the absolute best predictor of economic success. It's the best predictor of child stability. It's the best predictor of your kid not going to jail and being tweaked out on meth. Right. But it's also not the government's job to fix your marriage. And the government should not become... Um, should not be sticking meddling in your business like that. Like, oh, free marriage counseling. Everyone needs to go to marriage counseling. Like, like that's gonna. I don't know. Like, I understand. I get it. I, I think it's he has good intentions there, and I understand why he's doing it. But like, so we've got guns. The scariest one of all. This is the one I wanted to close with because this is the one that scares me. Okay, you re- you guys are ready for this? Get strap in because this is when Andrew Yang gets crazy. So. <laughs> he has something called human capitalism. All right. So, in order to spur development, the government should issue a new currency, the digital social credit, which can be converted into dollars and used to reward people and organizations who drive significant social value. This new currency would allow people to measure the amount of good that they have done through various programs and actions. All right, so this is terrifying, okay? If if you didn't pick up on that, so um, I don't want to pull the old slippery slope here, 
But there's no way that this won't expand that, to terrifying proportions. Yeah. So that's, it's like that's not the slippery slope. That's the rock bottom of the yeah. slope. It's like we, we You're started not falling, at the bottom. You hit the ground. <laughs> it's it's so it's remnant actually of the current uh, Chinese social credit system, which is the closest to a real life Black Mirror episode you could ever get. There's actually China, an episode China China renowned for their human rights uh, for their human <laughs> rights work, right? <coughs> Tiananmen yes. Square massacre. So, um, we just lost our Chinese viewer base. Yes, we did. But the the um, the Black Mirror episode I was going to talk about is the one where they have like I don't know if you watch Black Mirror. I don't think you do. Do you? I've seen episodes. Okay. Well, basically, this one is where you like you go around and you like people in real life and you like rate them basically. And so you'll go up and someone will like bring you a coffee and you'll be like, oh, thank you, and you rate them five stars. So imagine that, and that ended up terrifying because it was like. If you got a low score, then your entire score would go down, and then you would lose your job, and you you would get into jail. And it, it's like you it reminds me of that, except instead of a democracy where everyone decides that you're trash collectively and they're like, hey, let's throw people out of society, which is an awful thing. It's even scarier because now it's the government that decides whether you are quote unquote good or not. So what when we define, you know, what is a good deed? And that depends on who's in power because a good deed is only as good as the person who decides it is. So it's like, well, you know, is that helping old ladies across the street? And he talks about, you know, I talked about earlier video games. Playing video games less is going to be good for your social credit. And it's terrifying that people are supporting, like, Yang because this policy, like, this one scared me the most. When I read this, I literally, I I freaked out. It's like a Twilight Zone episode or something. So it's like... It, it, I'll probably he'll probably go along with China's pattern and have it so you can like it would decide whether you exer- can exercise certain rights or not. So like what we mentioned before, that means probably your guns. So imagine yep. being scared to go to therapy or being scared to play video games because Yang is gonna pull up to your house <laughs> and he's gonna say that you can't own a gun anymore and he's just exactly. gonna keep doing things like that and it's like where do we stop? You know, what? Wh- who draws the line here? And it's always going to be that the government decides what is good and bad. And, you know, sure, Yang, he's reasonable. He's charming. You know, he would never do that, you say. He, he would never abuse his power. Sure, okay. I'm not, maybe, I'm not worried about Andrew Yang doing that. Exactly. I'm worried about whoever comes in. It's like Because eventually, right. that's that's the, the golden rule that I think that a lot of uh, status people need to learn. Because remember, remember net neutrality? Remember yes. how so the FCC was unilaterally given power to just decide things about the internet. And a lot of mm-hmm. liberty-minded people said, "Hey, don't do that because somebody that you don't like is going to get in that chair and they're going to do something that you mm-hmm. don't like. Let's just keep it free." And right. then uh, and then they said, "No, nah, we're just going to let the government do its government thing." And then a Jeep pie got out of the chair and he said, "Fuck net neutrality." <laughs> and everybody's really mad about that. It's like, "Do you not get the irony in this?" So yeah. let me let me just respond to these real quick because I know you yeah. want to wrap this up. Chris, uh, is, is, he's got a girlfriend. So he's, he's got a life. It's, he's not like me. I just I don't. He doesn't sit here and make whiteboard things. So let me respond to these real quick. The first thing: uh, uh, tests and licenses for um, owning guns. Right. For starters, that's unconstitutional. Look mm-hmm. up polling taxes. You can't require unnecessary and burdensome restrictions on constitutional rights but yeah. let's make a deal andrew just like the other thing with the with the guns let's make a deal you come over 
and you decide if it's okay for me to have guns. And I'll come over to your house, and I'll decide what it's okay for you to own. You can take mm -hmm. my guns, and I'll take everything you own. Second thing, marriage counseling. Stay out of my marriage. We're not into yeah. that. We don't want you watching. <laughs> we close the windows, Andrew. We close the blinds. They're closed. You can't, no. I don't... I, I'm terrified to know what your internet history is. Because I know there's at least five people. And they're up to no good. No. You're not allowed into our bedroom. Get out. We, we can both agree that the government... Uh, it seems like you're a capitalist. If we can agree yeah, yeah. that the government doesn't have any place deciding what you and two consenting adults do economically, there's nothing... There's The government has no place deciding what you and two consenting adults can do sexually. You're not allowed in my bedroom, Andrew. Stop. No. Get help. <laughs> and the third thing, social credit score. Andrew, 1984 was a warning, <laughs> not a guidebook. I agree. Read it again. <laughs> Read it twice. Read it three times. I don't care. Read it again. And mm -hmm. and I want you to just, just picture me, all right? Come to the camera. Look at me. Look at me. This is bad. This isn't what you want. <laughs> when When you give the government power... You're the next guy on the chopping block. I hate violence, and I hate confrontation. I, I'm not going to do anything. But look, I'm telling, I'm telling you, statists like Andrew Yang, like all, like all you other Democrats and Republicans who are statists. I'm telling you, somebody is going to get into power and use that power to hurt me and you. Mm -hmm. We're both on the table for this. We're both on the chopping block. Yeah. Don't pretend like you're immune, Andrew. Mm -hmm. You're not immune. That social credit score, that's going to happen to you, too. And yeah. Mountain Dew, remember when Mountain Dew had a poll to name their next drink and the top result was Hitler did nothing wrong? <laughs> you don't think that a bunch of internet teenagers would be like, let's give Andrew Yang one star. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> you really don't think that? Try to peep in my bedroom. <laughs> hey, no, Andrew. Tristan, this Tristan, is not marriage counseling. Windows, if you open the blinds, he will give you extra points on your social credit. So just let him let him in. That's not how I want my sex tape getting leaked. You'll get extra tendies for this one. <laughs> don't fuck with me, Chris. How many are we talking? All right, Yang. How many tendies are we talking, Yang? <laughs> I'm going to message Crystal right now. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, tendies and... Uh, tendies. Man, Andrew Yang is the third party in your bedroom. <laughs> I'm running to Walmart after this and getting some tendies. <laughs> All right. That was the Yang Gang episode. I hope yeah. you had as much fun as we did. I mean, you know, you guys told us to do our research. You told us to, to look things up. You told us to watch videos. You acted like And now we, we agree with you even less. We did our research. And I'm not yep. shaving my eyebrows. Nope. Tristan likes his eyebrows. Um, yeah. And yeah, we actually did I go like to college and we didn't drop out from high school. So just yeah. as a response to the some of the people who said that. Um, so thanks for watching, guys. Um, Thank we'll you. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Come <Bye>. back soon. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.